When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. All right, good morning, friends. So good to be with you on this beautiful Saturday. We've got a top of 23 ahead of us with a nice sunny blue sky. And it's a degustation of subject matter to devour this morning, Bryce Gibbs. So much to talk about, including the Blues and Cats, Brisbane's fantastic win over the Ds last night. Port and the Crows are set to play today. So we're going to sink our teeth into those. But right now, can you hear that sound in the background, Bryce? I certainly can. There's a, a great buzz yeah. around the uh, where we are, actually, Tommy. Victoria and Park. Where we are, we're at Victoria Park, as you said, uh, here at the Adelaide Motorsport Festival. Absolutely. So is that this is the sound of the most exquisite cars I've ever seen in my life. I'm ahead of the F1 next week in Melbourne. We've got the Adelaide Motorsport Festival here. This is our event. It's a museum in motion with these historic, rare and significant racing vehicles uh, in the Adelaide Parklands and the surroundings. And why not start things off with a bang? We've got a special guest with us, Adrian from the Adelaide Motorsport Festival. Good morning. Good to have you here, Thanks man. Thanks for having me. Um, Adrian, tell us about this event. It's uh, looking fantastic and uh, just some really interesting, exquisite vehicles around us. Yeah, it's a bit of everything. We've got classic Formula One cars, modern sports cars, V8 supercars, electric cars. There's a bit of everything. And it's um, a great, you know, it's a celebration of all things motoring and motorsport. Yep. And so what, so what would you say would be the most sort of unique car you would have here? It's hard to go past the Formula One cars. Yeah. You, you know, they're the sort of classics. And they're all Grand Prix cars that actually raced here in Adelaide during the yeah. Adelaide Grand Prix years. So the 85 to 95. So you've got Ferraris, Brabham's, and they're just, you know, they're amazing to hear, see. And, you know, we've got, you know, former Formula One drivers racing them. And sort of it's, it's great to have them back here in Adelaide. Amazing. They sound amazing. So it's a, it's a petrol head's uh, dream, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. I mean, some of the cars in front of us look absolutely magnificent. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, all the car manufacturers are here. You've got Mercedes, BMW, Audi, um, Aston Martin. You know, it's just a sort of real celebration of motoring and it's just got everything. So if people are sitting at home uh, and they are car enthusiasts and they're, they're keen to come down and have a look this afternoon. What can they inspect? What's uh, what's around today? What can they go come and see? What can they come and do? Well, there's action on track from the very first thing. The gate's open to 5.30 tonight. All different categories. So we've got, you know, Formula 1 on one time, then electric cars, and then, uh, you know, everything. And sort of they go out on track, bit of demonstration run. Then you can sort of come up to them, see them up close, you know, get a taste of what it's all about and... Yeah, it's a great opportunity to get up close. That's the thing. You don't really get that at the LA 500 or the Australian Grand Prix. You don't have that access. Whereas here, you can sort of see them and hear them and sort of you know meet yep. the drivers and, and the like. It's, it's great for that. Yep, and there's food and coffee all around the place. We're at Victoria Park. Um, and parking, mate, what do you advise for people who want yeah, to Yeah, so get off Fullerton Road. Um, yep. So head down towards Victoria Park, um, ter- you know, through the sort of 
you know, we're in the sort of Victoria Park section of the Adelaide 500 circuit and yeah, yeah, it's just a great location, you know, the city's just, you know, across the road basically and we're right here and, you know, that sound you can hear, you know, that's going to be reverberating yeah. all day and yeah. when the Formula 1 cars head out, it'll be um, unmissable. Love it, Adrian. It's another key festival, I think, for Adelaide's uh, calendar. Thank you so much for joining us and filling us in. Thank you. Thanks, Adrian. So that's Adrian uh, from Adelaide Motorsport Festival. And, Bryce, just the atmosphere here is uh, fantastic. Yeah, it's building slowly. It's still quite early, Tommy, but I think gates are about to open and they're expecting a, a few to roll in, which is good. And, and I tell you what, we're, we're lucky. They've put us in the prime spot too. Yeah. We're, we're right out the front. We're going to see cars come past us all morning. And it might get a little bit loud uh, there on uh, on the radio dial, but uh, that's okay. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll do our best job. And try and... Uh, try and fill you in on what's actually unfoding in front of us because uh, it's going to be a fun morning, I think. Yeah. Now, today's show, it's a big one, Gibber. It is a huge one, Tommy. Uh, we've got Thursday night's game. The Blues uh, won a classic over the Cats. It was... Uh, oh, hey, hey, you're keep, touching my leg. Am I keeping a lid on it? Don't say it, <laughs> I don't, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. <laughs> I don't think you're keeping a lid on anything, Gibbsy. And why would you? Because the Blues looked uh, incredible. And Charlie Kerner, I love that little brotherly love thing where they hit each other. Um, what did you think of that game? Yeah, it was, it was great. Uh, I was actually out for dinner at the time and, and I could see the game unfolding in the background. And for a lot of the game, Carlton looked like they were in control and, and looked like they were going to do yeah. it comfortable. And, and then, as we've seen in Carlton games uh, towards the end of last year and, and even last week against Richmond, the opposition found a way to get back in the game yeah. and it started to get tight again. And then I mean, all, all Carlton supporters would have had their heart in their mouth thinking, oh, no, here we go again. But yeah. I think uh, it was a real mature win for Carlton and, yeah. and a win that can do them wonders, I think. Obviously, getting that monkey off the back in terms of when teams come at them and they're challenged yeah. to fight them off, hold them off and actually walk away with the four points. So I reckon that could be a bit of a, a turning moment, even though it is only round two. Mm. Uh, and to, to knock off the reigning premiers, mind you, who go to 0-2, obviously yeah, not the, the start story. Geelong were after. But I think it was, it was a, a real mature win and uh, I think that's going to hold Carlton in, uh, in really good stead going forward. Yeah, they, they had some scintillating ball movement. It feels like they're a more resilient team than last year. That uh, Vossi was saying last week that, you know, that, that's the sort of game when they played against Richmond that they would just get blown out of the water by six goals. But uh, And again, Geelong, um, they've shown the resilience against Geelong. Uh, Geelong, do you think, more vulnerable to that faster style of um, play? Because both Collingwood and Carlton have just kind of split them up. Uh, through the middle of it. Yeah, it does seem to play out that way in, in yeah. their games in the last couple of weeks. If you're prepared to, to take them on off the halfback, move the ball quickly, uh, get some handball receives, break the lines and, and put their defence under a bit of pressure. I mean, they love to set up behind the ball and they do when yeah. the game's on their terms as well as anyone in, in you know getting a plus one. Uh, and without a guy like Tom Stewart who yes. really sets them right up, uh, they, they have looked a little bit vulnerable. So teams will probably scout that pretty heavily in what uh, in what the two teams have, that have beaten them in the last couple of weeks uh, and look to probably in implement that over uh, or when you play Geelong. Yeah. Over last night, let's move our uh, eyes to last night. It was quite incredible <laughs> scenes. At the Gabba, the lights went out. Now, this was Jared Waitley's call of how things unfolded. We'll get that up Haven't in got a second there. Um, it was fascinating to see the, li the lights go out. 
I, th I saw when the lights came back on, a few opposition players were very close to each other. I reckon they were having a chat in the cover of darkness, <laughs> yeah. uh, pretending to be friends. Yeah, they were. So before <laughs> we touch on, we before we touch on now. the bizarre incident in terms of the uh, the lights going out, let's just set the scene for yeah. you. So obviously, Melbourne. The ra um, raining permit. Not the no. raining permit. <laughs> from, from a couple of years ago, Tommy. You've gone yeah. a bit earlier there. I've lost the plot. Obviously put in a, a really good performance against the Bulldogs last yeah. week. And Brisbane, on the flip side, put in a horrible performance yeah. against Port. So this was a really intriguing battle. Uh, Brisbane just had to respond. They, yeah. they just had to put in a good performance. And for the best part of three and a half quarters, they made Melbourne look silly. They yeah. absolutely smacked them up. And especially around the contest. I mean, we've yeah. seen... Uh, that's their one-wood Melbourne. Mm. Uh, clearances, contested possessions, and, and Brisbane, to their credit. I mean, and they were always going to. They were going to be wound up all week from yeah. Chris Fagan. It was going to, sort of one of those bring-your-mouth guards to training. Yeah. We're, we're rolling the sleeves up, and, and we're, getting, we're getting to work this weekend. And, and they put it in a performance to say that they're still a genuine contender in this. Absolutely. So they were sitting pretty halfway through, or well, 10 minutes <laughs> into the last quarter, until uh, a big bang happened yeah. one of the transformers exploded and the the lights just went off and now i think i think jace have we got that one there someone stood up in front of the match vision camera no the lights have gone <laughs> out yeah, of the the gone. <laughs> oh my words She's Darkness there. has enveloped the gather. <laughs> oh, is Peter Volandis here? Has he cut the cord? <laughs> Fans in the stands have flicked their torch phones on. on to try to lend a hand i have a theory Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> I've come oh, to talk with you again. We're, we're going to have some fun with this this morning, but I've got a theory that uh, the NRL was on and the AFL was on in competing time slots. They're competing for people's eyeballs. And I think someone from the NRL's management has popped on down to the Gabba and yanked the bloody cord out of the AFL game. So, no, no, not up here in Brisbane. This that, is our a, game. That's actually not a bad theory because it's the new rivalry in the yeah. NRL with the Dolphins and uh, the Brisbane Broncos. And that was a cracking game, that yeah. game, nice and close as well. So you might be onto something there, Tommy. But yeah. my initial reaction, I mean... How bizarre. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it has happened before in, in the I past. In the 1996, I think it was. Yep, that, yep. that's correct. Uh, and it was just, there was just a bit of confusion. Everyone was yeah. a bit shocked and didn't know sort of what to do. So, um, you know, players just sort of mingled around on the, on the ground for about 10 minutes while they were waiting to hear what the next, next uh, play of events would, how it would unfold. And yeah. they ended up going back into the rooms and, we didn't know whether they were going to have to just call the game or um, come back next week, but yeah. <laughs> uh, we finally got some information through. So after halftime, if, yeah. if an event like that happens, they just, whatever the scores are at the time... They just take it. They just, that's that's what it is. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, the AFL... It's an would, integrity thing. There is. Yeah. I think that they, they had to wait an hour. They, they give themselves an hour to try and get things back on track, to try and get a result out of the game. Yeah. And, and lucky enough, they, they were able to do that. But in terms of, from a player's point of view, yeah. going back, I mean, as, I'm, as I've gotten older, do you make a deal? half time's the worst. Yeah. So to put that into perspective, <laughs> going in for 20 minutes at half time, because you cool down. Yeah, if you're not yeah. con continually moving, you know, you, you seize up and you... you you get a bit cold, all, all Tommy. So, uh, especially as I said, as the as the years go on. So, to, to go back in and potentially, if it was to be drawn out for the whole hour, to come back on yeah. for only you know twelve or, or fifteen minutes, it, it would have been uh, would have been pretty hard to do. So, luckily, 
I think we uh, we waited for about 40 minutes before the play unfolded again, and we saw the tail of two teams. Brisbane yeah. were well in control, 40 points up. They just looked to try and control the play, but Melbourne obviously had it. Were having a pretty bad night at the office, and yeah. Simon Goodwood said, "Well, you've got 12 minutes to to Redeem get something it. out of this," and they've gone out and whacked on five or six goals and have only yeah. lost by 11 points. Remarkable. I, I would have thought a lot of people are saying Goody might say, hey, don't go, go and hurt yourselves. Don't do anything silly. But he said, it looks like he said quite the opposite. Have a crack because maybe Brisbane are going to be uh, treading lightly here for the next 10 minutes. And with only two, three, two or three minutes to go and only a couple of goals down, the, the last two minutes was... Yeah, pretty, pretty entertaining. It was through the roof in terms of intensity and, and willingness to yeah. to dive in at the contest. So from a Brisbane point of view, that's the last thing they, they wanted to, uh, to, uh, to to finish the game like that. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they were never going to lose no. from 40 points down uh, with 12 minutes to go. And, uh, yeah, never a dull moment, Tommy, in uh, in the AFL world. Not at all. And uh, good, to, good to see Brisbane showing what they really can do and uh, aligning with where we predicted them to be, which is uh, nearing the top four, I'd say. Now, we're going to cover that a little more up next, and we're going to talk about your experience with the uh, Tribunal after Shane McAdams' uh, drama this week and our thoughts all around that. We're powered by Lumo Energy SA. SA's Studio Lumo SA is at number King number one King William Street and powered by Lumo Energy SA. Also City Discount Tires. City Discount Tires, SUV tires deals are on now. Polygra, a new our new friend, Polygra are proud sponsors of Rising Stars Sebastian Amadio and supporting sport from grassroots to the elite. It's 8.46. We'll be with you in a sec. Can't start a fire without a spark. This gun's behind. Even if we're just dancing in the dark. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Good morning, good morning. So good to be with you. We are broadcasting live from the Adelaide Motorsport Festival and the atmosphere is starting to wind up, Bryce Gibbs, and there's a funny mix of people as well. It's not just your motorheads. I'm seeing a couple of click-clacking cyclists walking around as well as um, people wearing car T-shirts. Yeah, there certainly <laughs> is. This, the crowd's starting to build nicely, and it's still only pretty early, and we're, and we're sitting right yeah. under the grandstand. Uh, what could you call it? This would be pit lane, wouldn't you, if there was a race here today? Premium position. Right, they've got the Ferraris in front of us. There's a couple of nice Mercs, and I'm told there's going to be some, some F1 cars, some old F1 cars floating around uh, pretty soon, so I'm pretty excited for that. I'd like to put us forward for a test drive of one of these oh, that'd be nice. $500,000 uh, Ferraris. Can we? Are we insured? Craig, can we get a uh, booster seat for um, for Tommy for the for Ferraris? I'll just need one. Not the baby booster. <laughs> All I need, Bryce, is the booster seat that they use for the four-year-olds to, to six-year-olds. That's that. That's okay. per, that has me sitting perfect. I reckon we can sort that out for you. Perfect I'll see height. what they can do. <laughs> um, now, last night, Brisbane lights went out, and it was an interesting game because Brisbane brought the heat. Their pressure game was immense. They were switched on at the start. The ball lived in their forward 50. They were top in the clearances. And uh, something I noticed, though, Oscar McInerney, I thought, really shined in the absence of 
Max Gorn with uh, hopefully what's not a serious injury to Max Gorn, but uh, I liked Oscar McInerney's game. Yeah, well, it was, it was going to be put on the mids as a whole after yeah. last week's performance. Port Adelaide absolutely dominated them around the stoppages and, and the contested game, and, and we knew that Brisbane were going to respond this yeah. week. And against Melbourne, who, who were pretty well the best midfield combo in the comp in terms of if you speak of the rucks yeah. and then the guys they've got at ground level it was going to be a, a good a good battle in there and to Brisbane's credit they, they brought the heat and I don't think we've seen Melbourne get smacked up around the contest like that for quite some time uh, yeah. in terms of clearance and, and contested ball numbers and you're right Max Gorn there was they did have some effect on yeah. on the going early uh, and he'll get scans, no doubt, in the next 24 hours, and, and we'll see where that, that lies. But luckily, they, they went out and got the second-best ruckman yeah. in the comp in terms of uh, Brody Grundy to, uh, to, to fill the void while, while he will miss some games of footy. But, yeah, they look, they look good, the Lions. Danaher looked pretty potent up forward after a poor yeah. game last week. He kicked four goals. Zorko was buzzing around off half-back, and he yep. actually hit the scoreboard as well. And Charlie Cameron, it was important for him to respond. He looked like he had a, his zippy best. Yeah, he, um, menacing. He was buzzing around the forward lines. He finished with a couple of goals as well. Uh, ben Brown kicked four for Melbourne. They just he, he, When they were getting smashed early, he continually was he, he was the only forward that looked semi-dangerous yeah, yeah. in that forward line. Uh, Bailey Fritch kicked a couple uh, in that last 12 minutes of, of play when... Yeah. Uh, when the after they returned from the lights being out, but um, yeah, it was a, a take away the last 12 minutes of the game where where Melbourne kicked you know five or six goals. Brisbane absolutely dominated this one. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to do away with the last 12 minutes. It looks like um, Brisbane put the cue in the rack. Another one I really liked was Cam Rayner's move to half back. His passing was exquisite, and he, he's just he had two plays in the in the space of two minutes where he passed one along the wing and then he stuck it inside Ford 50. Well, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, it, it, it copped a bit of heat, actually, that move yeah. over the, yeah. the practice matches. And even last week, people were coming out and saying, oh, Cameron Rayner to, to half-back, it's not working. Like, mm. what a silly move. He has one good game at half-back. Everyone, oh, how good was Cam Rayner? Oh, he never doubted it. Like, <laughs> please, turn it up. Yeah. These things sometimes take a little bit of time yeah. and uh, we will see him play some pretty good games at halfback and it looks like Fagan's going to persist with it and we're glad he did because you're right, he, he had a terrific game. Yeah, because they've got to find uh, room for Will Ashcroft, wow, in the midfield. He's, as he's 182 centimetres, Neil is 178, Zorko is 175, so they're not uh, too big. I guess Dunkley coming in there adds, adds a bit of height but that whole theory of, you know, big midfields is um, it's not how Brisbane are rolling. And he's arguably best on ground with uh, yeah. finished with 31 touches 31. And, and, and a goal. So not a bad second game for uh, for Will Ashcroft, that's for sure. Hey, Bryce, we're going to delve into a little segment we like to call this. Tell me, Bryce, tell me, sweet little Bryce. Pretty sick of talking about it, to be honest. Tell me, Bryce. Oh, yes. Now, during the week, we had the tribunal drama with uh, Shane McAdam getting three weeks and right, rightly so, I'd say. But the, the confusion was with the Adelaide Football Club where Pickett was given to for almost a very similar incident. Yeah, it was uh, it was surprising that Adelaide chose to, to appeal the decision. Uh, and right, wrong or indifferent, they, they probably should have 
got about the same weeks, three to four weeks. I, yeah. I think was fair for for all, or nearly all three incidents. I mean, Buddy Franklin's yeah. as well wasn't wasn't great. So uh, obviously Adelaide thought they had a, a case to uh, to reduce the sentence, I suppose, that mm. uh, was handed down to McAdam, but. I suppose when you look at it, I mean, I think Jared Healy summed it up perfectly in terms of bumping uh, or charging. This yeah. is what he had to say. There used to be a reportable offence called charging, which is exactly what Pickett and McAdam in particular were. Those actions were a charge. The charge has been glorified for a long time, cheered on by some of the crowd who never are on the receiving end. Yet now in a more enlightened era, when many are evidently suffering concussion effects years after their careers are over, we have calls from on-field leaders like Scott Pendlebury to ban it from the game. The bump is an important part of our game for shepherding, for separating from opponents when competing for the contested ball. The bump isn't dead and it will never die. But the shoulder charge, which is what Simon Goodwin is referring to, is and should always have been dead as a doornail. Mm, very well summed I, I up. I think he summed it up perfectly. We, yeah. I think the, the McAdam incident and the Pickett incident were certainly shoulder charges. Yeah. And they should have got the best part of three to four weeks. So that's where that sits, Tommy. You've but, been to uh, the uh, tribunal a couple of times, oh, have you, Bryce? I have. <laughs> I have, surprisingly, because I'm more of a, a lover, not yeah, a fighter, Yeah, you Tommy. like a cuddle. If the lights went out in a game where you were participating, <laughs> I think we would have found you on the wing cuddling an opposition guy. Just getting I, around everyone. I you wish reckon? I knew how to quit you. Um, but you are more of a lover. But, yeah, what, what was your experience with the tribunal? Yeah, I, I didn't find myself in trouble too much. But there, there was there was only two incidents in, uh, in my career. And, and one was, if you can remember, uh, a sling tackle on, uh, on Robbie Gray. Uh, I think yeah. it was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was at the MCG and yeah. followed through with a with a tackle and uh, had his arms pinned and yeah. unfortunately for for Robbie his head hit the ground and he was uh, subbed out of the game with a concussion. Um, so that I think that was a three match ban, uh, right. two weeks with a you know you take the early early plea or. Yeah. Uh, whatever it was. So I think that was one. And there was another one late in my career. That was when I was at the Crows. Yeah. Uh, it was an off-field, or not off-field, an off-ball incident with Joel Selwood. Um, <laughs> running, it was a stoppage. Yeah. We were running back to positions and we crossed paths and we bumped into each other and and he hit the deck. I think that was it was a one-match ban down to a fine with, right. a, with the early plea. So, um, yeah, not, not too much experience with the... The MRO, but nothing uh, like Barry Hall or anything like no, that. No, no. But I mean, once you you're handed down the sanction from the AFL, you you have the discussions in terms of yeah, how do we how do we handle this? Do we do we look to challenge it? What are the what are the pros and cons? Um, you obviously got to watch the vision pretty closely. Yeah. Uh, and, and I suppose what, what I did in my situation, we went and compared it to other, other situations. So with the sling tackle, yeah. um, for example, we, we went back over the last you know, five years and, and looked at other sling tackles and reportable offences that were, were sort of similar to see what the outcomes... Yeah, something uh, to compare to. Exactly, in those situations were. Uh, and you can get a bit of a gauge, yeah. really, to, to whether a good feel whether it's worth challenging or not. Um, Do they have the lawyer speak to you or does the club just talk to the lawyer themselves yeah the QC is involved they, they, yeah. they're involved in the in the decision making process because they're obviously the one 
obviously pleading the case for you and and putting the the points forward so uh they're, they're involved in the whole way as well so in, in the in the robbie gray incident it was pretty black and white um, <laughs> there, there'd been an, an incident only about 12 months earlier than that that they actually challenged it and yeah wasn't successful so that was a, a pretty easy decision for us in the end but we actually challenged the the, the Joel Selwood one yeah. and put a, a pretty good case together. And, I mean, although it was only a fine, um, I certainly th- thought I wasn't in the wrong. Um, yeah. And that was probably the, the more important thing at the end of <laughs> the day. Right. To, well, uh, it always is that the Bryce is right. Maybe, is, yes, yeah. Tommy, that, that is correct. So, uh, yeah, it was actually overturned and we, yeah. we won that case. So... Um, yeah, there is a bit involved in it, but mm. uh, in this situation with uh, Shane McAdam, I, you know, I just couldn't see how Adelaide could get that <laughs> decision overturned or downgraded. Yeah, yeah, it was impossible. I think maybe they were appealing more on, I don't know, standing up for themselves or, so, so, or you know, principle or something, knowing, knowing that it probably wasn't going to get up, uh, just with comparison to Pickett's hit. But, Gibber, we've got to get to the news right now because straight after that, we're going to pull apart the Crows game and Ports game, which are coming up today. One fifteen, Port play Collingwood. And uh, late afternoon, I'm actually heading along to the Adelaide-Richmond game. All, of course, covered on SEN. We're going to pull that apart after the news. But right now, it's time for the news. Three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yes, good to be with you. We're interactive, of course, all the time. 0427 154 166. If you were playing the AFL, would you be charging or bumping? Do you think that's dead? Uh, Bryce Gibbs, it's going to be a fascinating day for our South Australian teams watching the Crows play late this afternoon and Port Adelaide get into Collingwood, who have quite a similar game style, I I thought, watching just the sample size from both of last week's game, the ways Collingwood played and the way Port played. Quite similar fast break kind of footy from half back. How do you see this one with Port and Collingwood playing out at the G? Yeah, and two teams coming off really impressive wins in round one. Obviously, Collingwood beat Geelong and then... Port just come out and made Brisbane, who are a touted premiership contender, uh, made them look absolutely silly, and especially around the contest. And it was the likes of the Connor Rosie, the Zach Butters, the Jason Orr Francis. We saw him have his best game yeah. in his short career. Can that? Can those young midfielders back it up again? And and do their work around stoppage and, and burst out like they did and, and hit up the Marshalls and the Dixons who, who have yeah. started the year off well as well. So um, I reckon it's going to be a cracking game of footy at the G. Yeah, they're, they're going to... It's almost like they're... Brendan Sanderson said during the week, it's almost like they're playing themselves in, in the style that they play. But the midfield battle is going to be a fascinating one. You've got Dugowie, Crisp... Uh, Taylor Adams, who are all mature guys rolling through the Collingwood midfield against the Rosie Butters and Jason Horn Francis. Uh, regarding him, it looks like they're, they're backing him to be a pure midfielder this year. Yeah, he still will spend time forward, but it, uh, I mean, I spoke to him in the preseason and yeah. his chats with Kenny were, were going to be you know, 70% midfield, 30% forward, and I mean, he, he plays his best footy. As, a, as an inside mid. Yeah. And clearly last week proved that. 
uh, not only his ability to win the contested ball and, and tackle the opposition when they they got it, but just he broke away from stoppage multiple times. Yeah. And his delivery inside 50 was terrific. So not only can he win it inside, he can actually deliver the ball on the outside. He's got a, quite a penetrating kick. We saw him kick it, you know, 55, 60 metres over the back yeah. to, to some of his teammates. So that's certainly a weapon uh, that Jason Horn francis has. But, I mean, Collingwood are pretty good in there as well. I mean, Jordan yeah. Dugowie is in some form as well. Oh, and, and he's he pushing forward and, and hitting the, the scoreboard himself. So um, it's going to be fascinating. Even Craig, Craig McRae came out and said that if he was playing against Collingwood, he would tag... Nick Dacos. So <laughs> yeah. it'd be interesting to see if uh, Port uh, and Ken Hinckley take that advice on and, and maybe run someone a little bit closer to, to, to Dacos, like a, a Willem Drill-like who, who could do that role. Yep. That ambience you can hear in the background is the Adelaide Motorsport Festival where we are broadcasting from. The beautiful sounds of uh, engines, petrol engines just rolling past us. Now, another thing I was uh, interested to see is how Lysette goes against Mick Stay. I feel like Lysette has an advantage here. It's time for him to kind of put a stamp on his status as Port's number one big man because Mick Stay, he's not a full-time ruckman. Uh, no, he's not. And yeah, they should get dominate. They yeah. should dominate the, the ruck yeah. hit-outs. There's, there's no doubt about that. But... As we know, you can win all the, the hit-outs you want. It's it's what happens at ground level. So yeah. you know, Port will be able to dictate a little bit in that space, but they've still got to get it done uh, in terms of clearances and first possession. Yep. It's going to be a fascinating game to watch. One fifteen at the MCG, of course, broadcasting live on SEN. Gibber, we've got to get to a break, but up next we're going to pull apart the Adelaide-Richmond game. We are here for Lumo Energy SA, SEN's South, SEN SA's Lumo, <coughs> Studio Lumo SA is at number one King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA, got that one out. City discount tyres, city discount tyres, SUV tyre sales on now. Peligra, Peligra are proud sponsors of Rising Star, Sebastian Amadio, and supporting sport from the grassroots to the elite. We'll be back with our Crows preview in a moment, but also later in the show, Bryce, I'm really looking forward to this, is we are talking about our dynamic duo. So that is our top five key forward pairings, top five defensive pairings as well. Now, we want to talk about this, of course, because on Thursday night, they played with four Coleman medalists on the ground, Charlie Curnow, uh, Harry Mackay, and of course, the Geelong guys, Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins. So... That was actually a, a, a weird stat, I thought. So we're going to talk about our dynamic duos at 9.50. We'll be back soon to preview the Adelaide-Richmond game. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Good morning. So good to be with you. We are broadcasting live from the Adelaide Motorsport Festival and we've got a very special guest on just after 9.30, Ross Peligra. He is the uh, chairman of Peligra Construction and he's going to fill us in on the up-and-coming young South Australian sports stars that they are getting around bankrolling Bryce Gibbs, which we love to see. Uh, but right now, Gibber, it's time for question time where I like to put you under a little bit of heat 
and uh, test where you're at with a few things that I've been thinking about <laughs> sharing. So, sure, Tommy. Uh, are you ready? I'm ready to go. Okay. So, first question of five. If you could pick one midfielder, because Adelaide's midfield did seem wanting last week. It's a, yep. a little bit one-dimensional. If you could pick one midfielder, any midfielder in the AFL to come help Adelaide's engine room, who would it be? Oh, good start. Uh, the midfielder I would pick, he, he actually played in the game last night. And yep. I think it would be Kristen Petrarca. Oh, my goodness. That's who I thought as well. Oh, there you go. We, we, we <coughs> hadn't discussed that yeah, yet. We're, so, we're holding hands under um, the table now. I just think in Adelaide's midfield, they're similar type players, obviously can win the contested ball, win the clearance, yeah. but lacking a little bit of leg speed. Christian Petrarca is that type of player that can obviously still win your, your, your hard ball and, and your clearances, but he can break through the front of the stoppage with a bit of leg speed, big penetrating kick. Uh, and what a lot of the Adelaide midfielders don't do is hit the scoreboard. Yeah, he is goals. one that can push forward and and hit the scoreboard. So I think that's why we've seen the likes of Rochelle and uh, Rankin go into the centre bounce and spend yeah. time around the stoppages to use their leg speed because that is an area of the Adelaide midfield that does lack. Yep, good answer. I agree with you. Christopher Petrarca would be the ultimate. Now, question number two. Who will end up the better player? Ooh. Josh Rochelle or Riley Tilthorpe, and explain why. Oh, okay. I think both are going to be very good players. Yeah. Uh, I'm chips in on Riley Tilthorpe. Wow, yeah. I just the think potential. The, his size, his athleticism, he, he's got a huge tank, and he's just got so much upside. I know he's can't find himself in the team at the moment, which mm. for whatever reason, I'm not sure what they're doing. He just should be playing every week. But he, he's given me sort of Harry Mackay vibes. He, he's, yeah, right. He's, he's going to be a, a very good player. Once he, he fills out a little bit more, yeah. strengthens up, gets those games under his belt, in, in two or three years' time, he could be nearly unstoppable. I mean, if he... Once he jumps, reaches out, takes yeah. the ball at the highest point of contact, there's not going to be many defenders they who are going to stop that. that. Yeah. Uh, and as I said, he, for a big fella, he runs really well. I think he's in the top five or six in their, in their time trial. So he's got a big yeah. tank. So he, if he's not getting a kick deep, he can get up the ground and, and move around a bit like a, a Nick Rewald, who, yeah. who's got huge work rate. And, and I'm going to say he, he'll win a Coleman one day. A Coleman? Yep. That's a that's a big call. Yep. I see him more as an up the ground kind of guy, like uh, you know Luke Jackson, more of, a bit more rocking than forward, which I, I would love to see the Crows implement this year if possible. But Josh Shelley, Riley Thilthorpe, I think both are going to end up in the elite category of the AFL, for what it's worth. Now, give it. Explain to me why Carlton are a lock for this year's for the finals this year. Uh, why are they a lock for this year? Uh, I reckon they've just they've put everything in place now. Yeah, we know their stars. Uh, you know, Brownlow medalist, Coleman medalist that they've got. Uh, Weedering is doing a, a great job at fullback. They've gone out and recruited really well. They've mm. gone out and, and got those outside players that that they've lacked. Um, so I think they've got that right. They get another preseason under Michael Voss, who we saw. We saw the team took 
great leaps forward last year and, and they've started this year off pretty impressively as yeah. well. So I think the combination of those things and I just think they've got winners on every line, like I said. They've got yeah. the two twin towers up forward in, in Kurnow and Mackay. You've got the Brownlow medalist who hasn't started off getting huge numbers like we saw last year, but he doesn't need to anymore. No. He's got the, the Hewitts, the Cherras, um, the Kennedys around him now to, to go to what we've seen Sam Doherty play a bit of midfield mm. time as well. So, uh, And then uh, Young has just really stood up and is becoming a, a really good yeah, intercept yeah. defender paired up with Wiedering. Saad bouncing off the half-back as well. So they've just got uh, you know match winners on, on every line and I think the win that they'll take out of Thursday night, as we mentioned off the top, when a team challenges them, that they can hold them off and, and win that game of footy rather than, than lose it, will yep. uh, we'll just do them a world of good. And uh, I think it's now or never for Carlton. Yeah, I, th I think they're very much ready to go. And even the young ones uh, coming up as well that they've drafted look very nice. Okay, Bryce, this is the most serious question so far. <laughs> okay. Oscar, Man Oscar McInerney's post-goal song. I noticed last night. They all have post-goal songs in Brisbane. Uh, Oscar McInerney's post-goal song is Am I Not Pretty Enough by Casey <laughs> Chambers. And it's quite a uh, dichotomy watching this giant man walk back to the centre square with Am I Not Pretty Enough uh, playing on the speakers. What would your post-goal song <laughs> this, be? This is actually a hard one, Tommy. And talking about songs, I think Joe Danaher's last night was uh, Frozen. <laughs> Are they taking? Let it go the, by Frozen. Are they actually taking the piss? I'm at not Richard? sure what's going on there. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not too sure, Tommy. This is actually a hard one for me. Can we can we maybe get um, the Tell Me Bryce version to yeah, yeah. burst over the well the sound over the speakers after yeah, kicking yeah. a goal? Okay, well, tell, we'll make it Tell Me Wise by <laughs> Fleetwood Mac. Okay, that would be a tasteful choice. Sure. Tell Me Bryce, maybe not so much. Okay, Bryce. Final question. Yep. Uh, do you? And your wife have a re-gifting cupboard at home, and if so, what what exists inside that cupboard? Do you believe in the re-gifting cupboard? Uh, we don't have a re-gifting cupboard right. at home, Tommy. Uh, we've got a cupboard at home with <laughs> all the <laughs> with all the kids' presents. I was going to go. I was yeah, going to say, yeah. Tommy, that. You know, the things they make for you at, uh, you know, yeah. at school or at daycare okay. and all the, the little bits and pieces that they... Uh, yep. We have a cupboard that we just collect all those odds and bobs. That, <laughs> yeah. uh, that we, know, it's, it's hard to throw those things out sometimes. That's right. You've got to keep them for... My philosophy is once they're heading towards 10, 11, 12, they start to not care anymore about that. So... The, the things that are obviously masterpieces, because everything they do is a masterpiece. Yep. Right? There, there are some art pieces that they might do that are like, wow, like, look at that when they're a little bit older. But uh, otherwise, you can start getting rid of that, that junk. You know, once they're 10, 11, they, they won't care either. No. Um, that's what I did with my daughter, Nala. And um, I, she actually hates it that I've kept all her artwork. That was good. Um, but, yeah, we've got a re-gifting cupboard at home for what it's worth and find it very, very handy indeed. I thought looking at you, Bryce, and, and looking at your partnership with uh, Lauren, 
uh, that you guys would have a regifting cupboard. Well, so I've been what's, it, what's in your? What's in there? What's in the cupboard at home? Well, you. okay, so we got you get candles because yep. we get for some odd reason we get given candles every year by okay. people. So you look like a candle type of guy. <laughs> I love a, a good candle to set the scene. <laughs> get in the bath. <laughs> Just set the scene for a lovely evening. But, uh, you know, people get... And I'm, I'm ashamed to be broadcasting this, but people <laughs> give you candles all the time. Uh, Donnie, my son, got given too much Lego at his birthday. Lego, yep. So it was just too... You know, he's a, he's a four-year-old and he's just got shit everywhere. Like, it's just too many toys, too many presents. So we uh, popped a few of his into the re-gifting cupboard. Otherwise, it's just going to be overwhelming. So too much clutter. You know when you step on Lego, it's like it breaks the little bones in your foot. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's like little lamb... They, and they leave it on the floor. It's like little landmines around and the house. And they laugh at your reaction when you're yeah. in is that ju- is agonising that, pain. That's not just me. Uh, no. ch- children love to see their parents in pain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to straighten up pretty soon. We've got Ross Poligra coming up. Uh, very soon indeed. We've got to get to a break. Our producer, Jason, is uh, badgering us. We need to get to a break. So we'll be up soon with Ross Poligra, who's the chairman of Poligra, and they're backing young talent, bankrolling it, if you will. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Backstreet Boys. <laughs> to, no, uh, mate. Blue. Wasn't that blue? Yeah. Backstreet Boys? No, no, that's not Backstreet Boys. No, no, it's five. Five? Yeah, you know, everybody get up, sing out. One, two, three, four, five will make you get down now. Hey, we're coming to you from the Adelaide Motorsport Festival. We certainly are, Tommy, and it's thanks to City Discount Tyres, City Discount Tyres, SUV Tyre, Deals on now and Peligra, proud sponsors of Rising Star, Sebastian Adamadio, and supporting from the grassroots to the elite. Uh, and the cars are starting to fire up down here, Tommy. Yeah, they're humming past us uh, real loud down here, and uh, the atmosphere is really buzzing. Lots of food and drink. You can come on down. It's uh, Victoria Park on the uh, eastern side of town. Speaking of Pelegra, Bryce Gibbs, Ross Pelegra, the chairman of uh, that construction company, is going to join us next and fill us in on why they are bankrolling some young South Australian sporting stars, which is going to be fascinating to hear from him. Also, we're going to speak about our top five dynamic duos. So we're talking about the best key forward duos, the best key defensive duos, after we had four Coleman medalists take to the field uh, on Thursday night. And, of course, we're going to pull apart the Crows-Richmond uh, game. Bryce Gibbs? Yep. If you've got any nominations for the dynamic key duos, send yes. through a text on 0427 154 166. We'll get to you after the news. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. So good to have your company this morning. It's a nice top of 23 degrees today. Blue skies ahead. 
And we are broadcasting live from the Adelaide Motorsport Festival. Now, Bryce Gibbs, we've got a very special man on the line right now. He's a notable figure in sport, particularly South Australia right now. His name is Ross Poligra. He's backing the Adelaide Motorsport Festival and he's backing young talent in South Australia. Ross, have we got you there? Yes. Good morning. How are you? Yes, um, good, mate. Yeah, very, uh, how's it going? Yeah, very good, Ross. Hey, um, yes. tell us about uh, Polygra's support for the South Australian motorsport. So, well, apart from uh, our supporting, I'm a car enthusiast myself. So, uh, we we love motorsport as a as a business, as an organisation. Um, you know, we see motorsport going pretty far. The heritage and the roots of motorsport uh, in South Australia has always been pretty big, and you know, we want to celebrate that with um, the people of SA. Um, so for us, it's, you know, it's an honour to be involved and, um, and to back motorsport. And, and do you head on down to the Adelaide Motorsport Festival yourself, mate? Yes, yeah, so I was down there yesterday. Um, I yeah. was able to take um, one of my cars out there and we went on, on the Power of Our of, uh, tour. So I was down there with the guys um, doing a bit of a... Um, tour around, so pretty exciting. Now, obviously, since the pandemic, Ross, uh, how important is it to, to get these events back up and running? Obviously, the, the crowd, as we can see, we're, we're broadcasting live from the, the event. The people are starting to pour in left, right and centre, and there's a great buzz around uh, this event. How, how important is it to get these events back up and running and, and you know, giving that opportunity to motor enthusiasts, uh, you know, not only here in South Australia, but around the country as well? Yeah, so... It's important that we, you know, these uh, events happen pretty frequently. I think we need to have a lot more of them. Um, what it does is bring the community together. Um, what it also does is um, celebrate and, you know, gets people thinking on how they can get involved, in either purchasing or being innovative. And South Australian people have always been innovative, you know, especially when it comes to engineering and uh, just to see around the streets, you know, the amount of cars have been detailed and, and just being looked after you know, on a small scale, which is a big yeah. uh, support. But having these type of celebrations and festivals um, of motorsport is what brings together. And it's pretty important that people get out and get out and Nice. Hey, finally, Ross, um, before we let you go, just tell us about Sebastian Namadio. How did you come across this kid? So, uh, we came across um, through the wine industry. Um, you know, the family's heavily um, into manufacturing and growing of um, grapes. Um, we then um, met Sebastian. Mm -hmm. I, I could see, you know, being able to get on a track myself and drive, I could see... Um, the talent straight away. I could see the passion in his eyes. I could see um, the fact that Sebastian has got really his heart into uh, driving, but also the skill. You know what I mean? Um, um, just seeing the videos um, online, you know what I mean? Just see, um, and then I was able to uh, see him drive. Uh, I, I, see, I see him going further, you know what I mean? Just, you know, getting in, in the right cars. 
so then he can really show um, his talent. But, you know, down the track yesterday, he was lapping um, other cars, you know what I mean, experienced drivers. It's, mm. You can see you can see that Sebastian is going to go places. And, um, you know, and I, and I want to see that happen, you know what I mean? So that's why we decided um, to back him. Well, that's fantastic. Ross, it's so uh, great that Polygara backing young talent like Sebastian. Thank you uh, for joining us on the show, mate. You're officially a friend thank of the show and uh, no, filling you. us in on, on all that you're doing. No, thank you. No, well, we, we need to um, back um, these type of causes and people like Sebastian, so I'm very proud to be part of it. Thank you. That's uh, Ross Poligra there, the head honcho of Poligra Construction, Bryce Gibbs. Very nice. Now, Bryce, can you tell me what are we talking about up next with these dynamic duos? So we're just going to put uh, a couple of nominations for... Uh, I yeah. think you're going to take uh, care of the key forward dynamic duos. Yep. And I'm going to look after the key dynamic duos from a defensive point of view. So we'll go head-to-head here, Tommy. Yeah. And no doubt that... Some of the nominations we're going to throw up are great. Possibly all-time greats. Competitions, yeah, yeah, for sure. So we'll um, throw that up next. Let us know on the text line as well, 0427-154-166, your nominations for the uh, dynamic duos in the AFL right now. We are powered by Lumo Energy, SENSA Studio Lumo SA is at number one King William Street. It's powered by Lumo Energy SA and City Discount Tyres, City Discount Tyres, SUV tyre deals are on now. Polygra, Polygra are proud sponsors of Rising Stars, Sebastian Amadio, and supporting sport from grassroots to the elite. It's a top of 26 degrees today. Saturdays in SA, live from the Adelaide Motorsport Park. Over back to Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Thank you very much for that, Jace. Uh, yes, now, Bryce, we are live from the Adelaide Motorsport Festival and it is buzzing, so come along, say hi. Bryce, as usual, is giving away free cuddles, so if you want a hug, you need some emotional reinforcement. He is a lover, not a fighter. Uh, he will wrap his arms around you, won't you, Bryce? Yeah, I'm not sure where you're going with that, Tommy, but uh, yeah, we are <laughs> down here uh, at Victoria Park and the crowd's building in nicely and there's some fine, I don't know what, engines and yeah. vehicles right in front of us. Again, looking at the Ferraris just over here, there's a few Mercedes. We've got the F1s not far from uh, driving past us as well, Tommy, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. There's several million, million dollars worth of... Um stuff just driving around us here worth a lot more than the uh piece of crap that i'm driving at the moment hey bryce on thursday night we saw four coleman medalists take the field simultaneously which i thought was quite a bizarre stat and it got me thinking about what would be the best dynamic duos in the competition and i'm talking best forwards and i've assigned you to have a look at the best defensive duos now Bit of Batman and Robin, I think, gets us in the mood. Now, the rule here is you want to pick them as if they're going to play for you on prelim final night. So they're standing up against the wall, the dynamic duos. And this exercise made me realise that not every team is actually blessed with two key forwards. 
some of them not even one proper key fight yeah, <laughs> around I, the AFL. And I think it's fair to say, if, you, if you're going to go deep into September, the, the teams that challenge it have got the key pillars and, yeah. and a couple of them yeah. at, uh, at each end of the ground. So they certainly, these duos uh, are, are very important to, to the success of, of a side. Yeah, so look, number one I've got ranked is... Uh, Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins. No surprises here. These guys get it done um, in finals. So they complement each other as well. Cameron's a very different player to what Tom Hawkins is. He can get it done up the field, running up and down the ground, and uh, has those pegs from outside 50, even 60 metres, and, and nails the goals, Gibber. Yeah, he does. And you only have to look at his game on Thursday night, Jeremy Cameron. Yeah. 25, 26 touches and six goals. He's in pretty good nick if, if he can continue <laughs> to do that. off the And then all the attention goes to him, who pops out and hits the scoreboard. Big old Tomahawk. Tomahawk. So it's uh, it's not a bad number one, Tom. Yeah, yeah. So then my number one, Jeremy Cameron, possibly the best player in the competition at times. Number two, you'll like this, Bryce Gibbs. Harry Mackay and Charlie Kerner. Now, Arguably number one for me. <laughs> now... They've not played finals, uh, but I think they're just so ready to get it done. Like, I, I think the moment that they play in a final, Kerno looks ready to step up. He's got a bit of Buddy Franklin, the way he just swings around on the boot and, and has a shot from outside 50. Yeah, two guys that uh, probably haven't played a lot together in the same same side, really, have they? Yeah. In, in terms of a lot of... They've had their injury issues over the, the last couple of years and we're only just seeing what they're certainly capable of now. And uh, it's quite daunting for opposition yeah. defenders uh, to, to match up against those guys because they are so dynamic. And uh, we know Charlie Kerno's got a big engine as well yeah, and he gets agile. up and down the ground and can blow you up. So uh, he started the year off in uh, fantastic form. Well, both of them have really. Yeah. He's, uh, he's like a cat, Charlie Kerno. He's just so super agile. Great leap. Okay, number three. This one's probably no surprise either, but I've got Richmond's Tom Lynch and Jack Rewalt. Now, again, it's like they complement each other because they're both kind of different key forwards. But we've got all Australians and Coleman's littered around there. They've done it for flags. Uh, but I, I do worry about Rewalt's age this year. I'm not sure how he's going to go later in the year. Still, I'd back these two over most of the others in the competition to get it done in the final. Yeah, you're right about uh, Rewalt, but he still could pop up and, and be a match winner yeah. for you. He's still you know, very clever. He's He's got great footy IQ and yeah. uh, reads the game so well. And Lynch, he, he's my tip for the, the Colmer medal this year. Yeah. He's uh, already hit the scoreboard uh, in the in the games that he has played and uh, I reckon I reckon if Richmond are going to bounce back like a lot of people think they are, these two are going to have a big say in that this year. Yeah, monster contested mark Tom Lynch is. Now here's where it drops off and gets a little interesting for the rest of the competition. I've written down from the Bulldogs Aaron Norton and Friends. So Yeah, okay. <laughs> well yeah, because they are so tall down there, aren't they? Uh, well, at the yeah, moment this year. And it's like Norton is such a key pillar. He's such a beacon that attracts the ball when they're, when they're going forward. And then Jamara, Sam Darcy and Rory Lobb, I don't know, like they're just, uh, what, there's enough support there. Well, one come of on, them's get off the fence, up. pick one. I'm gonna this pick, is duos. I'm, I'm going to pick Jamara. Jamara, okay. I think Jamara's going to break out this year a little more. 
And um, Norton's just such an elite forward. I, I think, uh, Jamar, you saw how he played late last year. Very, very classy and very good outside 50. So Norton and Jamar, okay. I'm going to yep. say. Now, this is a very controversial pick, number five. But, look, it drops off quite a lot here. I'm going to say Texan Fog. <laughs> <laughs> that was always getting in there from you, Tommy. Well, who would you have there? No, this is your <laughs> list, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon well, Fogg's arrived. Fogg's yep, arrived, he has, yep. and, and so here, and we know that Tex can get it done. He's got it done in finals. He gets it done in the big moments now. But look, there's a list of almost here. So we got Dixon Marshall. I feel like Dixon's so inconsistent though. Still, he's he's not quite uh, the consistent player he once was. Marshall, I feel like, is even more consistent than Dixon at the moment. Um, Brisbane, Joe Danaher and da Jack Gunston. Now, they could simply jump up and overtake uh, Fogg and Tex. Yeah, they could. And uh, Eric Hipwood. Yeah, You're Eric Hipwood as well. Him yeah. and Joe Danaher, I reckon that's, uh, that's not a bad duo there. And we've got Max Gorn. He's, when he's resting forward with Ben Brown, they're quite a uh, dynamic duo in themselves. But, bright, uh, but like, look, the Fremantle, Matt Tabiner and Luke, I'm not sure about that. North don't really actually have a proper key forward. So that's how um, hard it is to come across a really good key forward. But Bryce, we've done the forwards. It's time for the defensive dynamic duos. Yes, that's right. And a lot of these guys will match up against your duos as well. Yeah. So um, we'll get through this. So my number one is probably no surprise, and that's May and Lever. Obviously, May's yeah. injured at the moment. He's missed the last couple of weeks, and, and that probably showed last night how important yeah. he is to their side. They're, they're very, very good together. They, they understand each other's game. They know when to lock down so the other one can come across and, and intercept Mark. And when uh, when you look up, a lot of the time, as, a, as an opposition midfielder, they're the ones staring you in the face because yeah. they're, they're set up so well behind the ball. Uh, so they probably take my number one spot. No surprises. There. I've never seen a, two players dictate how a game pans out more more than May and Levo in the defensive half. They're just incredibly hard to stop marking it. Yep. Uh, and then I'm going to go to the Geelong Football Club and I'm going to go to Sam DeConing and Tom Stewart. Yep. Again, okay. Tom Stewart goes down with injury. Uh, in round one, but uh, when these two are, are up and going, a bit similar to the the May-Lever combination, we know how well Tom Stewart is in the air and his ability to come across an intercept mark. And Sam DeConing has just taken leaps and bounds over the last 12 months and been able to you know, lock down some of the, the bigger the bigger guys. So yeah. I think those two working in tandem, we know Geelong really want to set up behind the ball defensively and get that plus one and... Um, that, that allows those two to, to intercept the, the ball and, and then rebound and counter-attack off their half-back line. Yep, no arguments there. And so I think Sam DeConing was really just coming onto the scene for the first time last year. So he's very early in his career. He's, he could be anything. Yep, certainly. Uh, my next pair are Carlton, oh, Jacob surprise, Wiedering surprise. and Lewis Young. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I think, well, Wiedering's been doing it for a couple of years now and, and before he got injured he was nearly a lock for the All-Australian yeah. side at last year uh, and Lewis Young's the one that surprised uh, a lot of people including myself and I yeah. think there was some stat rolling around now don't quote me on this exactly but I think yep. since the split round last year up until 
current day. He's number two in intercept possessions. So yeah. not many people would pick that. No. Uh, so he's taken his game to a new level and he's had a, a fantastic start to this year in terms of intercepting the ball. But to have, for Carlton to lose Liam Jones like they did uh, yeah. a couple of years ago, um, he's slotted into that position really well and, and those two are, are waxing uh, fantastically. So they uh, take the third spot. Fantastic. Yeah, Lewis Young, very uh, unassuming. He's a, I, w I wouldn't even recognise him if he walked past us right now. Yep, for sure. Now, I'm going to go to the Richmond Tigers and just a pair that have been getting it done for years yes. now. And uh, that's Dylan Grimes and Nathan Broad. Uh, just tough, courageous. Yeah. Know what you're going to get. Uh, and when the game's on the line, those guys are, are just throwing themselves into the contest and and clearing the area with, with huge clearing spoils. Uh, yeah. And there's no doubt Richmond wouldn't have had the success they've had over the last you know, four, five, six, seven years without those guys holding the defence down. Obviously, Alex Rance was there for a, a little bit yeah. as well, but those two have been consistently um, a pillar yeah. uh, and rocks in defence for Richmond. And now, now they've got Noel Bolter in to help them. Gives them a lot of versatility. And, and Dylan Grimes is the master at stopping a... A dangerous small forward if he needs to stand at Charlie Cameron or someone like that. He's uh, remarkably versatile. That's right. And the last one I've got for you, um, uh, and a special mention to Sam Taylor and Nick Haynes from the GWS Giants, just couldn't quite fit them yeah. in. But one <laughs> that surprised a lot of us last year yeah. for the Sydney Swans, the McCartan brothers. Oh, yes. How good were they yeah. last year? The Bash brothers. In defence for the yeah. Sydney Swans. They've... Um, they surprised a lot, and I'm really looking forward to seeing if they can back it up again this year. Sydney obviously making it through to a grand final, and, and no doubt the, the, the year those two had in defence, waxing like brothers do, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do again this year because yeah. uh, it, was, it was good to watch. Yeah, feel-good story as it well. It certainly was, wasn't it? Paddy McCartan coming back. Very good, Bryce Gibbs. We'll uh, get those up online as well if you want to check out our dynamic duos uh, or text us in if you want to criticise Bryce Gibbs because that's always fascinating when those <laughs> texts Cu couple off the text line, actually. Yes. Uh, the, we've got a Lockett and Low. Oh, yes. From, uh, from, from back from a in few the day. years ago. That's uh, yeah. game over. Thanks, lads. That's yeah. from Will. Yep. No, they were incredible together. Stewie Lowe, just an amazing player. And I think Tiny Lockett was actually a pretty good player as well. Yeah. Uh, someone's backed in your, your text, Fog. Text, Fog, uh, yeah. Combination. Text will get it done in the finals, like 2017. I don't think he's. I think he might be actually taking the uh, PIWS there. The uh, yeah, on that surprise, one. Surprise, surprise. Hey, Bryce, it's time to get to a bit of a sports update right now because there's a lot going on all around the world of world of sport. Um, the Socceroos are in good hands after the Aussie World Cup homecoming went right to plan with a perfect welcome home party, mate. Uh, they pledged to raise the bar to ensure their homecoming wasn't simply a ceremonial thing, and the Socceroos delivered on their word with an enterprising and energetic display in their 3-1 victory over Ecuador and Sydney. Now, together they delivered a brilliant performance, mate, in front of 20,000 fans. Here's a little bit of it right here, Jace. Goodwin's delivery, back post. It's 1-0 Australia. It's Jackson Irvine who's turned the ball home. Great Goodwin's free kick. 
Australia attempting to press and they've stolen the ball. Our A thunderbolt into the roof of the net. Bayic has uh, galloped forward in support of this attack and he's found here by Brandon Borello. It's Aziz Bayic, surely it is. Garakwal, Ecuador appeal for offside, but there is no flag. And Aziz Bayic is burst out of defence, helped make that goal. Uh, there's now been a new rivalry yeah. that has just exploded in uh, the NRL, yes. Tommy, and that's the Dolphins up against the Brisbane Broncos. So two North or two Queensland sides going at it for the first time, and, and what a game it was! Jeez, yeah. it was it was close. It was really tight in the first half, and the game opened up a little bit in the second half, yeah. and it took um, sta uh, Stags from the the Brisbane Broncos to score a 78 minute try to send uh, the Brisbane Broncos uh, to, to win the game yeah. and I was watching a little bit of the second half and the players were absolutely out on their feet. They yeah. were going so hard at the ball. Obviously the, the conditions up in Brisbane, quite muggy mm. quite, um, quite slippery, tough conditions but the, the crowd were loving this one and they were going nuts and this is going to be a, a great rivalry for the years to come up in Queensland. This was great to watch. Yeah, that's Milford with a grubber kick. Katoni Stakes has got it. Here goes Katoni. Beats one. Up towards the 30. Stakes. He's over the halfway. Gilbert's chasing. But Katoni Stakes is going to seal it for the Broncos. He goes the length of the fields. Full time. Yeah, that, that's a fascinating watch. That's how you launch a new team into a uh, system there with the Dolphins. Um, they're going fantastic despite the loss. But uh, And also great of them to have an official l leave the game a little earlier to pull the plug out of the game. At, um, <laughs> yeah, the the Gabba. That was a very nice strategic move from the NRL to uh, bring the power out for the AFL. Speaking of the power, hey, Travis Boak will be eased back into Port Adelaide's side. Today is a substitute, but Ken Hinckley says the power great can cope with the full game on Saturday if he needs to. Hinckley says the Magpies' speed and mobile forward line has had an influence on the selection table with Jace Burgoyne preferred to replace injured key defender Trent McKenzie for team balance reasons. He said the power were in an ideal position where they could reintroduce Boak slowly. Here's a bit of Ken Hinckley on that. Trav hasn't played much footy over the last six weeks, so we're... Um Clearly, um, clearly bringing Travis back into the team with a controlled manner that we're able to do this year. Just going to ease the, the veteran back into the side. And we're going to interview Luke Kelly, the yeah. Port Adelaide development, uh, development coach, coach uh, up after 10 o'clock soon. So we'll certainly ask him a few questions about that, Tommy. It's 10 o'clock as we speak, top of 23. Uh, here's the news. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Good morning to you. Top of 25 today here in Adelaide. And we're coming to you live this morning from the Adelaide Motorsport Festival thanks to City Discount Tyres. City Discount Tyres SUV tyre deals sale on now. And Polygra, Polygra, proud sponsors of Rising Star, Sebastian Adamato, and supporting grassroots to the elite. 
now we've got a big game coming up, or well, two big games for our South Australian sides coming up to you the, in, the, in this afternoon. Uh, Port take on Collingwood at the MCG, and we've got Port's uh, development coach uh, who's going to speak to us about that game um, right now. Uh, Luke Kelly, I think we've got Luke Kelly on the line. Good morning, Luke. How you going, boys? You got me. Big game. Big game today, Luke. Uh, obviously, both sides had fantastic wins in round one. Should be a cracking contest. Uh, we're really looking forward to, to seeing if both teams can back it up. What can we expect from a Port Adelaide's point of view uh, at the MCG today? Well, I'm hoping to see a bit of the same of what we saw last week. Um, obviously, we are uh, putting in a really strong performance. Um, or or across basically all four quarters, albeit the scoreboard in the first half didn't show it. Um, and clearly, watching last weekend, the Pies have, have started strong and have carried on from last year. So I think you'll see two teams that are willing to take the game on. Uh, if trying to continue to instill uh, a bit of consistency in what we're trying to do. And um, yeah, it should be, a, should be a cracking day at the MCG. Yeah, Luke, I, I noticed it seemed like Collingwood and, and Port Adelaide have a very similar style, very run and gun off the halfback when, when you can. It's really exciting to watch. Um, is it almost like how do you counter yourself? Like how do you how do you counter that style of play? Well, thankfully we've been countering it all pre-season, so yeah. that's the that's the beauty of it. Is it, we've had we've had a chance to look at how when you put speed on the ball, he have to defend him behind, but. We've also, I think, we've added a little bit of composure as well. I think you would have saw front of centre last week. We were probably a little bit more composed and able to um, set things up a little bit more. So I think, I think really, it's just maximising the opportunities when you get them, and then being able to just be, you know, take a little bit of speed out of the game when you possibly can, uh, which is hard to do against these guys. Yeah, you're spot on there, and it is going to be a fascinating contest, especially through the middle. And we saw, you know, the the young boys really go to work last week. Rosie Butters, Jason Orm Francis, um, they're obviously still young and, and still um, you know, learning their craft, but it, it's about consistency and, and what an even better challenge to play against you know, the likes of Dugowie, um and, and Pendlebury in there. Uh, Dacos has been getting off the chain as well, so it's going to be a, a great contest. Um, Craig McRae came out and said that if he was an opposition coach he would look to to tag Nick Dacos we know what a talent he is and he put up some big numbers last week is that something that you might look to do you send like a Willem Drew type to him if he starts getting off the chain because when he's got ball in hand something usually comes of it yeah I think when you sit down on a Monday and you go through key players obviously he's one that stands out straight away and you start talking plans and that's what they can be they can be plans whether it's your first option, second option or third option, um, putting someone to him at, at some stage is going to have to be an option uh, if, he, if he gets going. Um, but the other thing is, though, he, he is he's succeeding as part of a really strong team and there's a lot of other elements that, that Collingwood provide that allow him to succeed in terms of their ball movement and how they set up around contests. So we feel like if we're, if we're really strong in a couple of areas... Um, and take away, you know, a few of their strengths. That might that'll help curve him as well. Hey, Luke, just a, a bit of a curveball. Charlie Dixon's Dixon's such a passionate character, and um, 
boiled over a little bit and last week's game gave away a couple of 50-metre penalties. Does anyone go even have to mention that during the week? Like, hey, let's chill. Or, or he's, he's old enough to kind of know and, and his emotions, for the most part, um, to help the team, uh, for the betterment of the team when, he, when he's so passionate. Yeah, definitely. I think Charlie is probably the most aware of anyone around when he's when he's up and bubbly and he's foreign that he carries carries the team with him and when it goes the other way he knows the influence he has there and so yeah it's not nothing nothing we have to really speak about because we saw what in the second half when he when he really got back to sort of team first stuff and and got his mentality right um, what he could do for us and in the end he was probably almost best on ground I would have thought last weekend yeah. Uh, and just a word on Vokey, Luke. We we heard uh, Kenny Hinckley speak about how he's just quite not quite ready to to make the the starting team. Um, he's obviously be, he would have put his hand up to play. How did he accept the news that uh, he'd probably be played as a sub this week? Oh, I think probably speaks to the quality of person of Trav. Um, obviously, firstly, it's probably the first two seconds. It's a little bit well. Well, I can play, <laughs> but then straight away he knows that he he goes, I can I can do a great role for us um, off the back of a really strong team performance last week to be able to put Trav into that role and and him know he's inject him any time in the second half is going to be a really real strength for us. So no, he's exceptional in in that sense. He understands he's been a little bit interrupted with his with his match prep, but. Um, yeah, as you said, he, he would have started from minute one, but we've got, we've got the ability to, to be able to move him into that role, which is great. Hey, look, um, before we let you go, you've, you've got quite a, a broad resume, and, and I, I'm fascinated in, in all the sort of roles that go around a football club. You, you were part of the Giants as a senior performance analyst. What, what goes into a job like that? I'm fascinated. Yeah, and that's where I, I, I sort of cut my teeth at the Bulldogs doing the same thing. Um, you know, really just watching watching vision, breaking it down, running the numbers, supporting coaches, and when they uh, when they you know prepare for their week and, and help sit alongside them. So I, I was able to ride shotgun to a lot of great coaches um, in that role, mm-hmm. which then uh, allowed me to once I started able to put some things into practice myself, um, allowed me to uh, hopefully succeed um, going forward. Yeah, nice. Um, Luke Kelly, thank you so much for joining us and giving some insight on uh, how Port are going to take on the, the pies this afternoon. It's been great. No, appreciate it, boys. Have a good day. Luke Kelly, Port Adelaide assistant. He's the midfield development coach down there, looking after the, the young guns coming up and also the Maggies, guys. Yeah, we would have been working closely with the, the Zach Butters and the Jason Orn Francis. Yeah. Kind of rosy, obviously, in the midfield. And that's the battle we're really looking forward to today as they go up against Collingwood on the MCG at 1.45 today. So can't wait for that matchup, Tommy. Yeah, me neither. Uh, another battle that's uh, happening today is the Crows v Richmond. I'm actually going to head along to this one. Bryce has schooled myself on free tickets. So uh, when anything is free... I put my hand up and I, I take it and I go with it. Um, we're going to pull that game apart where it's going to be won and lost. Two of the matchups we're looking forward to up next. It's 11 minutes past 10. We're broadcasting live from the Adelaide Motorsport Festival. Tom Lyon, Bryce Gibbs with you. Top of 23 degrees today in Adelaide. Oh,
City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. So good to be with you, Tom Lyon, Bryce Gibbs, coming for live from the Adelaide Motorsport Festival. And uh, wow, what an atmosphere is building here. Come along, come visit, see some of the most incredible antique boutique cars. they just got Formula One cars from the 80s, the 90s, 2000s, rolling past us, and um, several Ferraris worth a little bit more than what I'm driving. But Bryce, it's time for us to have a look at this uh, match, Crows playing Richmond. It's a massive game for Adelaide. They really want to bounce back after last week's effort. We've got that. Sent long to the broadcast side, outside defensive 50, away from any danger of a further score. Adelaide will get one more entry. The Giants in round number one in the searing heat of Sydney. A gritty win, full of character. From 31 points down, they've come back to win by 16 points against the Crows. Yeah, that was the call from the Adelaide GWS game last week. You heard there on Crows Nation. You can hear Crows Nation live again on SEN with Kim Dillon, David Wildey and Mark Bickley uh, live from the Adelaide Oval at 4 o'clock. And this is a big one. Tommy, yeah. there's no doubt about it. Obviously, Adelaide well in control last week against the Giants, and in the second half, and especially around the ball, yeah, just deflating. center bounce was a, a huge issue, uh, and I think that has been addressed. And Maddie Nick spoke post game about their center bounce clearance work in that game. Yeah, well, I think they clearly beat us in in around stoppage. So center bounce was was the difference in that second half for sure which set us up unfortunately in our back half if they hadn't if they didn't score from that center bounce they were they definitely were able to bring the pressure i thought first quarter you know we had the game on our terms but that was really the difference in the second half um the midfielders got on top yeah they certainly did get on top of them and this is what makes me scared for this afternoon is we've got Taranto, Hopper, Dusty and others rolling through there. It's going to be one of those monumental efforts I feel from Adelaide's midfield. Well, we, we see it can, it can be done and I reckon this has got similar vibes to Brisbane last week. They yeah, were horrible yes. in the midfield. They would have the acid would have been put on them during the week. They yeah. would have trained hard the midfield, cracked in, and we saw Brisbane come out and put in a, a really good performance around the stoppages. Yeah. I have no doubt Adelaide would have done a similar thing this week, and they need to respond. The, there's no doubt about that. We, you've just named some of the quality players in and around the stoppages for Richmond. You know, Barry Laird, who had a quiet game, yeah. and GWS did put time into to Rory Laird and curbed his influence. So it would be interesting. Interesting to see if, if Richmond deploy a similar tactic, but the midfield we know is going to be important. But Tommy, I'm worried about Adelaide's defence. Yes. With some of the key. What is going on with that in the, selection in the, in the Richmond in the Richmond forward line? And they've dropped Jordan Butts. Is that was that a surprise to you? It blew my mind. I don't know why they. He, he's the best at taking the gorillas and shutting them down, and I, I don't know if there's. It says omitted. I don't know if there's some sort of injury he's carrying or what's well, going on there. I thought, because they named Mick Adam while yeah. he was, Suspended. They, were, they were challenging him. I just thought he would come straight back into the side 
yeah. if knowing that he wouldn't play. But that's not the case. So I just think they're severely undermanned down there. I mean, you've got Lynch and Rewalt. You've got Martin, Bolton, Rioli, um, Ryan, who's 205 yeah. centimetres as well. So Murray's going to take one of the keys. Duday always plays undersized as a second or third tall yeah. as it is. And then you've got Hinge. Uh, Max Michelini's only in his second game of footy. Dawson and Smith, they just saw your runners. Yeah. Like, they're just going to gonna be undersized down there, I think. Yeah, they, they certainly are, and that's a, a real worry. I, I, I hope uh, there's some sort of secret spices that Nix is thinking about for that. I, I think that he's thinking that it's going to be a collective effort and that they may be playing Geordie Dawson on someone taller and a more accountable role, which oh, is uh, it makes it no sense to me. some of his strengths away in terms of running yeah. running off and, and getting creative off the half-back line, but it, it, that'll just even emphasise the, the work the Adelaide midfielders need to do to win clearances, to get the ball going forward, to just cut the supply off of uh, yeah. the Richmond forwards. So it'll be fascinating to see how that plays out during the game. Yeah, they've, they've popped Lockie Murphy back in, and I guess that's for a bit more of that pressure up forward. I mean, they had one tackle inside 50 last week, which was uh, a debacle in the pressure stakes. So they're going to be looking to pressure Richmond a lot more. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing Joshua Shelley go again, and I'm hoping he can back up what he did last week in the midfield. Well, both him and Rankin spending a bit more time at stoppages, that certainly worked. Yeah. They've been trading that all pre-season, and, and we saw that come to the floor last week. Rankin obviously would like to, to kick a bit straighter if he has yeah. another six or seven <laughs> shots on goal. Yeah. Those goals will come, but uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be Interesting to see if those guys can back it up again. Both guys had, uh, you know, impact in that round one game. Yeah, look, and nonetheless, it's Adelaide's first home game for the year and they are going to be pumped for it and the crowd's going to be pumped. They did a big PR thing this week, sending texts to fans and going, hey, have you got your ticket for the game? So it's going to be an exciting game. Essien's going to be all over it with Crows Nation, so please download the app and uh, have a listen for your footy coverage this afternoon. We are talking to you live from the Adelaide Motorsport Festival in Victoria Park. Uh, up next, we're going to give our tips for the rest of the round. Bryce Gibbs, it's time for a break. Discount tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Classic, Belinda Carlisle. Uh, yeah, leave the light on next time at the Gabba. Of course, they were undermined by the NRL. We've, we've made it official they now. They went and pulled the plug. They went and pulled the plug on the bloody Brisbane Lions. Um, yeah, they, they really need enough electricity in that city to power both games, I think, Price. But look, it's been a wonderful time at the Adelaide Motorsport Festival. Um, we've had a really good time. Lots of people here now buzzing all around. A man smoking on his vape over there, having a really good time today. Um, we're powered by Lumo Energy SA. 
SEN SA, Studio Lumo SA is at number one King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA, City Discount Tires, City Discount Tires, SUV tire deals on now, and Polygra. Polygra are proud sponsors of Rising Star, Sebastian Amadio, and supporting sport from grassroots to the elite, Bryce. So, Tommy, uh, it's been a cracking round of footy so far. Yes. How did your tips go in the first two games? Not, uh, they, they went okay. I know you're tips last week you had Frio as your as your definite <laughs> as my certainty for the round that didn't quite go to plan that and this week I, I tipped toilet. Carlton and Brisbane but then changed my mind at the last second and changed my tips oh. to uh to Geelong and Melbourne and so I'm over from two but yeah, let's just whip round yeah. and tip the rest of the uh weekend Tommy you gotta go your gut instinct you do yeah. so uh Collingwood Port Adelaide I think Collingwood just. It's just going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a cracking game. I'm going to tip Collingwood as well at the MCG. Yep. Adelaide-Richmond. Look, this is Adelaide. I'm going to give it one more chance and I think Adelaide have got to show something here and come out all guns blazing and despite all the uh, selection issues, Adelaide are going to creep over with a similar game to remember when they played Geelong at the start of the year last yeah, year. I, yeah, I just can't agree with you in this yeah. one. I think uh, they've made a blue at the selection table. Richmond forwards will have a field day and the Tigers will get it done over here who don't have a very good rec winning record in the last probably eight years, the Tigers. So, yeah. Uh, Western Bulldogs, St Kilda. The Doggies, easy for me. Uh, dogs for me. Frio, North Melbourne. Frio, easy. Sydney, Hawthorne. Sydney, easy. Sydney oh, for you. Sydney, yep. Essendon, Gold Coast. Essendon again. Bombers for me as well. And the last game, West Coast, Giants. Oh, close one. Probably Giants. I'm going to go with the West Coast Eagles to bounce back. The Beagles. It's been very nice, Brian. The Adelaide Motorsport Festival is top of 23 degrees if you want to come down here. We'll catch you next week with another big show on Saturdays in SA with Tom Lyon and Bryce Gibbs. Have a lovely day.